You're listening to the First Six Notes podcast with Classroom Composers, where we dive into everything about teaching band and strings. From pedagogy to fundraising, we'll cover it all. In this podcast, we'll be interviewing successful music teachers, composers, admin, professional private studio teachers, and more to uncover and share their strategies for musical success. So grab a chair and stand and join the conversation. Today's episode is brought to you by the Concert Band Warm-Up Bundle. Start your beginners the right way with our Warm-Up Bundle. This bundle includes warm-ups for mouthpieces, limited range warm-ups, chromatic warm-ups, articulation warm-ups, phrasing warm-ups, and more. You can find this bundle on our Teachers Pay Teachers store, which can be found at www.teacherspayteachers.com store slash classroom hyphen composers. Welcome to the First Six Notes podcast, where we talk everything about teaching bands, strings, and music. My name is Kevin Hoff. And I'm Jessica Frank. And in today's episode, we are talking about how we are using events that happened this past school year to improve our teachings for next year. For many of us, teaching this past year presented new challenges that as teachers, we must review and reflect on so we can overcome and fix for next year. The behaviors and work habits of students are not what they were just a year or two ago. This past year, we had students finding loopholes in our classroom procedures and expectations, and we need to learn from this so we can improve our class structure for next year. As teachers, we have to adapt to the changing needs of our students. Students today need more structure in the classroom to keep their attention and to fit their needs. We are not TikTok influencers. And yeah, uh, I think you brought up a good point about um, how we have to overcome and adapt each year. And there's a fine line between being nice and understanding versus being stern and rigid. If you're nice and understanding, students tend to like you more. And if you're stern and rigid, well, then they don't like you. However, there's there's drawbacks to these, obviously. If you're nice and understanding, students will take advantage of that. And being elective teachers, being disliked is an issue because if they don't like you, then they're not going to want to sign up for band or orchestra or music. So we have to kind of keep those things in mind. So what we're doing is we're taking all the problems, like Jessica said, from last year, and we're developing what we'd at least believe to be a bulletproof handbook and code of conduct. I'm not quite sure what exactly we're going to call it yet. And this is going to clearly address every possible thing that was an issue last year, and it's going to clearly define consequences and the expectations and the purpose around some of those things. So our big issues this past year was, number one, behavior with the eighth graders. And uh, as we teach a fourth through eighth grade band on on a military base uh, in Southern California, so just to kind of give a little bit of reference there. Number two, attendance and punctuality at after school events. Three, tardies with some of the eighth graders. Four, wanting to take the day off, such as forgetting your instrument at home, wanting to skip band to attend study hall to catch up on missing work and or faking or milking injury or medical condition. Number five, mistreatment of instruments. Number six, having a band binder. And seven, not keeping up with the class. Now, those are our big kind of seven issues. And uh, the good thing is, is that the majority of the students do not have these issues. In fact, it's kind of funny when I talk with Jessica and, and we reflect upon 
the past year, we talk about how how well everything went. We did well at our competitions, our field trips all went well, and uh, the kids really improved a lot. But it's just there's a few kids that have kind of found these loopholes with with these systems that we have, and we got to make sure that we're adapting so that more of them don't find uh, the loophole. So the uh, main way um, that we're going to address these issues is a combined system, and it's going to be a combined system of losing points on their grade, contacting parents, and a system of demerits. And demerits are a new thing. And what a demerit is, is um, if they violate a certain rule or policy, then they get a demerit. Once you earn a demerit, we're going to send a letter home and we're going to just copy off a bunch of these letters so so we don't have to make a big thing about it after school and we're just going to have a stack of them. Once they get a demerit, we're going to give the letter to the student and it needs to be taken home and signed by the parent, notifying the parent of the demerit. And after five of these demerits, we're going to actually remove the student from band. Now, removing students from band or orchestra, I know it's a very controversial topic that some teachers believe highly in or don't believe in. So um, it's definitely a conversation that Kevin and I have all the time, whether we should kick a student out uh, based on some of their past behaviors or not. So I definitely can see both sides of this. Yeah, like in Jessica, uh, I really hit this one on the head. We really do argue about this a lot because I tend to lean on the side of let the kids be in band. She leans on the side of let's take some of the problems out of band. And um, I will say that this is the first year that I've kind of experimented with these things of actually uh, removing students from band. And common reasons are that they're not behaving themselves in band or they're not putting the effort forward and keeping up with the rest of the class. And then therefore they don't sound very good and they're detracting from our sound. And I will say that when you do remove students, a few of them and they really have to earn it, it really does make the class a lot better when that happens. I hate it like as a person, because I do believe that music should be for everybody, but it sends a message to everybody else and it helps your class out and it makes your life easier when a few of these students are taken out of band. And I'd say probably this year out of the 160 middle school students we have, we've probably removed, what, three, four? Yeah, it's only a few. Yeah, like, and it was like this one kid, he wasn't able to ever actually assemble his instrument. I remember he would just hand it to his friend to have his friend assemble his clarinet for him. And we're just like, you don't know how to assemble your clarinet. We're in like the second week of school. Like this is something you need to know on the second day of band. And he was constantly very tardy. Yes. Yeah. Very tardy. So, uh, so he had to go. I think another one, he um, was watching his neighbor's saxophone fingerings for like a month and he never bothered to learn the music and the kids were all like pointing and helping. And so it's just like, no, like you're not going to really put forth the effort then. I don't think so. And we and we had another uh, serious behavior issue with an eighth grader. So those are some of the reasons why we ever moved these uh, these students from band. But uh, like we said, it's a highly controversial subject. There's never going to be a, a right answer. But that's kind of where we're at, at this point. And we'll see how it goes for next year. So with band, the first thing that we're going to communicate with the students in the handbook or our code of conduct is uh, we're going to share this paragraph with them. Band is a rigorous class with high expectations for musical performance. This is also a competitive performance class in which students will be required to perform for professional music judges. High standards will be set early on and failure to meet those standards will result in removal from the class. While the majority of band will occur during the school day, 
certain parts of band will occur outside of the school day. These extracurricular band events are still required. Make the necessary arrangements to attend these events. So that's going to be the opening paragraph. And I think that just kind of sets the tone for the school year because our, our classes are different than math. In math, you have to be there. And the, the other thing about math, and, and this is what I tell the students all the time, like you can fail a math test, you can not do your homework, you know, you can not pay attention. And the only person that it impacts is you because your grade's going to get lower and you're not going to learn. But your neighbor is unaffected by your lack of work in math class. Your neighbor can get straight A's and do really well, and it doesn't matter what you do. In band or in orchestra or in any performing ensemble, it's it's like a sports team. Like, you can't expect to win soccer games if your goalie stinks, and we can't expect to have good concerts if we just have people not paying attention, not doing their homework, which for us would be practicing or doing your playing test or whatever, and choosing to fail in the class. It's different than like the rest of the classes at this school. Right. It takes everybody to be part of the team. And that's why we get frustrated and with students if they don't at least want to try. And we can work with anybody as far as musical ability goes, but we need you to at least try. Yeah. Like one thing that I like I tell the students all the time is I, I ask them if they play sports and most of them do. And I say, well, if you're not pulling your weight on your sports team, what happens? Uh, you get benched. And it's like, yeah, like you get benched. And that's a very like commonly accepted reality of sports. I did sports growing up. I know Jessica did sports growing up. We all did sports growing up. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you get benched. And um, in band, we can't really bench people per se because everybody does get a, to participate. But, you know, it's important that the students understand that there are consequences for not for like not performing. All right, so let's move on to our goals. And uh, these goals I, I mentioned in a previous podcast episode, and we're just going to restate them. And I think it's important that we explain these goals to the students and that everything that we do supports the goals. So the first goal that we have is, number one, you need improvement on your instrument. Number two, successful concert and competitions. And number three, that they're having fun because this is an elective class. After we go over our goals, we go over the expectations. In order to reach our band goals, students are expected to participate and play their instrument every day in class, have their instrument, music, and required supplies in band every day, attend all extracurricular music activities, concerts, and rehearsals, have a positive attitude and respectful attitude, attend band class when at school, and students will not be allowed to attend other electives and arrangements. And for the rest of this podcast episode, we're going to be talking about the ways that we're going to be dealing with some of the big issues that we've had. So the first thing we're going to talk about is how we're going to deal with some of the behaviors that we've seen this school year. And I know that behavior um, is, is a big issue for a lot of people based on what I'm reading in Facebook groups and hearing from other colleagues at the school, whether they're music teachers or not. Certainly after the pandemic, behavior is a huge issue. Um, I know COVID's part, partly the blame, but I think maybe COVID probably just accelerated some of the other issues that were here. But that's a whole nother podcast episode is, uh, is all the behaviors these kids are, are doing. But in general, we have had some issues with certainly some of our older kids with their behaviors. And a lot of the issues has been with mostly once we cut them off, if the class bursts into talking, that's been an issue. And also shouting out, you know, if they have something to say rather than raising their hand. That's kind of been more of like a sixth grade issue, I'd say. And then certainly electronics um, have been a big issue as well, too. 
So what we have is we've modified our classroom rules and consequences a bit. And we're hoping that these are going to at least kind of help and identify some of the things exactly what we want. So these rules are very similar to the ones we had been using all year, but we had to add some words in to make them clarify the the rules specifically. So number one is absolute silence while the teacher is working. This means your voices and instruments. This will allow us to make the most of our time together. And I think it's important that we put that last sentence in there. This will allow us to make the most of our time together. And I think it's important, especially if you're teaching, well, I think if you're teaching anybody really, but certainly with middle schoolers, that you tell them why that they have to do this. And we also added in the part, this means your voices and instruments um, when we're talking about their silence when we're working, because we the kids kind of understood, okay, don't play my instrument maybe when I'm talking, but um, we've had a big issue with them talking when we cut off. So that's why we put that sentence in to clarify that rule. And speaking of the cutoffs, our second rule is on a rehearsal cutoff, all playing stops instantly. That's what the old rule said, but now we've added on to that. So the new rule is going to say on a rehearsal cutoff, all playing stops instantly, eyes to the conductor, voices off, and ready to listen to the next instruction. And we're really going to hammer this early on the year with every single group that, you know, okay, stop playing, stop what you're doing, look forward, listen, so that we can move quickly to what's going to be next. So you notice that that rule is very specific. We're telling students step by step what you should be doing. And because <laughs> yeah. that's kind of where we're at these days that we have to spell things out that much. Yeah, like, and I'd say that for the, like the most part, when we were cutting them off, they did a good job of stopping, you know, I mean, like, we now have kids playing four measures after the cutoff like that, like that wasn't happening. They do a good job of looking forward, but, you know, like the voice is off and ready to listen was an issue at, at some time. So the next rule is raise your hand for questions and wait to be acknowledged to speak. This will help the lesson remain on track and keep the class organized. And we've had an issue with this with some of our sixth graders um, just kind of getting eager and, want, and wanting to shout out their questions, not really understanding that they have to raise their hands if they have something to say. And uh, the way to be acknowledged uh, to speak thing, they need to wait. And so uh, this is very similar to the rule that we had. And hopefully they just do a better job with this. The next rule, if you make a mess, pick it up. Help us keep the room clean and organized. So that last part we added to this rule because we used to say if you make a mess, pick it up. But but to clarify, it's to help us keep the room clean. Yeah, and, they, they, and they've done a pretty good job with that. Moving on to our next one, no food or drink besides water. This will help keep your instrument clean. Gum's been a big issue for us this year. I don't know about, about some of you guys out there, but gum has just been, I just feel like every kid's walking with gum. Most of them do a pretty good job of spitting it out. And I think any of them that don't spit it out, it's not so much a defiance thing. It's more of just like a, I forgot kind of thing. And, and I don't know if other classes are making them spit their gum out or not or whatever, but gum's definitely been an issue for us. And any kid that at least have said, hey, go spit your gum out. They've done a pretty good job of being respectful and doing it immediately rather than, oh, gum, oh. you know, like we haven't had a ton of that. Our next rule, this is a brand new rule. No phones or other electronic devices. And I thought it was kind of obvious, but we have to put this one on there now because it's starting to turn into an issue, especially the uh, smartwatches as well. 
Right. And, and to add on to after that rule, we also say this will keep you focused. So, you know, students don't seem to think that, oh, I just need to check my text messages for a second. They don't realize, well, that distracts you from what we're in the middle of learning. So, yeah, the, the watches is huge. You know, they, they're reading their text messages on their watches. So it's like, well, I don't have my phone, but well, you're still texting just because you don't have your actual phone out. Yeah. Like I had a flute player like earlier in the year and, and, and like I was like, all right, flutes, I need you to play like at measure seven or whatever. And she was like, hold on. And I'm like, what do you mean, hold on? And she's like texting on her watch. And I was like, give me that watch. Like, I don't think so. And also, I've been uh, we've been reading studies about how smartphones are actually part of the big reason why there's a lot of these, like, I don't know, teen depression and all those issues Just with all like, the, the teens, issues. all the behaviors and stuff. So it's making me kind of rethink this phone thing. And, you know, so I think we're going to be a lot more strict about making sure that they're in the backpacks the watches are in the backpacks or the other thing, if they're not comfortable putting them in the backpacks, I was thinking maybe they put it in their instrument locker. So it's safe there and they can just sit there for the whole period. But definitely we're going to be explicit with the phones and, the, and electronic devices. And our final rule is all other school rules still do apply. So just us just kind of cover our bases for things that aren't exactly banned or orchestra or music specific. So moving on to consequences, what we used to do were... We used to give them 20-minute detentions after school. And this is all taken from a, a book called Classroom Management in the, the Music Room by David Newell. And we're going to change it a little bit. We talked about demerits earlier in this episode. And what's going to happen is that instead of getting a detention, they're going to get a, a demerit. And what it's going to say in the handbook is going to say this. Any violation of the classroom rules will result in a demerit. After each demerit, a warning letter will be sent home to parents. After five demerits, you will be removed from band. After the first month of school, no warnings will be issued, and, and a violation of any rule will result in an automatic demerit. You are expected to understand and follow band rules after a month of school. And this is taken straight from the David Newell book, except for a detention. We're just going straight into the demerits instead. And I think that he brings up a really good point about rules in the classroom is that if they can like read the rules, then they can follow them. And if there's warning systems put in place where they get, all right, here's your first warning. Here's your second warning. Okay, now something's going to happen. Well, some of the kids... And I'm sure we know who these kids are. They're going to get to that second warning every single day before actually something bad happens. So that's why we're going to spend the first month of school. We're going to review the rules every single day. We're going to get them trained. And then after that, it's just going to go straight into the demerits. Because if they can read and these rules are easy to follow, then there should be no issue following those. So besides these demerits, we've also come up with other policies to deal with very specific issues from problems we had that occurred throughout this past school year. So we've uh, laid out how we're going to deal with those. So the first one is an injury. So if a student has an injury and that they say they cannot play their instrument because of that injury. Or something like a medical condition. We've had that as well. And we've had injuries where we've had very valid injuries like a student broke a pinky, a student They're wearing a cast. broken arm. It's, it's obvious. It's obvious they can't play their saxophone with the broken arm. We've had injuries such as kids got a cut on his lip. I would consider that not to be a real injury. And we've had 
number of students with braces playing brass instruments. So we've had a lot of these things. And um, so we're just going to make it clear because we think some of these students are trying to uh, milk some of these things to just kind of give themselves a day off. Mm -hmm. So in the event of a medical condition or injury that prevents them from playing an instrument, a student will be excused from playing in class with a valid parent or doctor note. And if they have that, they're going to be given a makeup assignment. And this makeup assignment is probably just going to be an essay or something they're going to have to copy down with pen and paper or pencil and paper. I guess this is music. And it's going to be something that's not going to be a desirable or maybe we'll give them an article and, and they have to write like a paragraph summary about it. But it's going to be something that they're going to not want to do. So the only reason they're going to get this assignment is that they're actually, actually, actually injured because this is going to be not something they're going to want to do. We're also going to take points off if they like walk in and they say, oh, I'm injured. I can't play today or oh, braces. I can't play today. Well, where's your note? They got no note. Then they're going to have to do the makeup assignment and they're going to get point loss. So we're really just trying to discourage them milking these injuries or medical conditions. And we're trying to get them to communicate if it's actually a real thing. The next issue uh, we're going to deal with is students who ask to go to other enrichments or elective classes, and we're going to not allow that. And if a teacher needs a student for another class, then they must provide a note. Yeah, like in some of the kids, I just feel like they, well, there's usually two reasons. Number one, they want to take a day off. So they want to go to an enrichment where they don't really have to do anything because some of these other electives and enrichments at the school, the students really kind of don't do anything. They just kind of hang out. So sometimes the students are just like, oh, I don't feel like playing. I want to go to, you know, whatever it is. And they want to be with their friends that are in that class. Or another common thing I hear is that they don't do their homework and they would rather do their home or, or like they need to do their homework instead. And they're like, oh, I'm behind on my house. I'm just going to go to study hall. No, like you sign up for band, like you need to honor your commitment. And also by signing up for band or orchestra, it's it's an extra thing. So you have to balance it. So if a teacher needs them for a different thing, then that's fine. But if not, then they they should be in band every single day or orchestra. The next issue is forgetting an instrument. In the event a student does not have their instrument in class, a letter will be sent home to be signed by the parent. If the letter is returned the next day, the student will lose three points. If the letter is never returned or returned late, the student loses 10 points off their participation grade. And um, the way we do our participation grade is that each semester, the students start with 30 points. And every time they forget their instrument, if they return that letter... They only lose three of those points. If they don't, they lose 10 of those points. So that's a significant chunk of their grade. We also make that worth 30% of their grade just because, you know, like you, you have to have an instrument. You have to have an instrument to be able to uh, participate and learn in the class. So we, um, this is new about sending a letter home to be signed by the parent. And we decided to do that because we found out, particularly from one student, that when we had talked to her mom saying, oh, she forgot her instrument today because the mom works at the school. And the mom said, no, her instrument's there. And we sure enough, we found it. So it's just so the parent is aware that their student is maybe lying or, you know, intentionally not bringing their instrument to school. Right. Because also in the past, I would ask them if they had any homework to do. And they'd be like, all right, I'll go on my Chromebook. And, you know, like I'm busy teaching band and they're probably there sitting there playing video games on their Chromebook. And so for this one particular student, it was worth it to her to lose the points and to get a day of playing video games on your Chromebook. And uh, then obviously mom was not very happy with that. Because the student actually kind of did this frequently and ended up getting not such a good grade in band because um, they just didn't have their instrument. 
Or another thing we'll see with a few students is that when we have a playing test, they'll, you know, forget their instrument at home so that they can get out of it. And so by sending a letter home, then that'll kind of hopefully help with that issue with the parents as well. The next issue we have to deal with are tardies. So our schools actually do not have bells because we are a K-8 school. So there's elementary classes on the campus and we don't have, you know, they don't change periods like the middle school students do. So the students kind of come and go, not exactly at the exact time they should be because they try to hang outside with their friends up until they don't see anyone else outside because there's not a bell to bring them in. So we've definitely had some issues with students who want to stay around, talk to their friends instead of getting ready in our classes. So we had to come up with a tardy policy. Yeah, like him. And uh, we had a tardy policy before, but we still had some kids kind of working their way around it. And, you know, I mean, I mean, like there's days when kids were like 10 minutes late and by kids, like three of them, like not the whole class, but 10 minutes late. I mean, one day we had them 20 minutes late and then we're just like, what's going on here? So we're going to try and handle this better with the tardy policy and a tardy policy. The, the purpose of it is to create a positive learning environment that it reinforces our band goals. And what it says is that students are expected to be in band by the time class begins. So if class starts at one, they need to be in the room. If you are not in the room by the time class starts, you are tardy. So if you are walking in and you are physically outside the room by one o'clock, you are tardy. Then our second rule is band rehearsal will start three minutes after class starts. So at 103, that's when we're going to start the band rehearsal. So at 103, if you are not in your seat with your instrument built binder on stands, you are tardy. So uh, we've also had some issues with students. Okay, they might be in the room by one, but they're just taking forever to get their stuff Because they're standing ready. around the band lockers with their friends, friends just talking. talking and not unpacking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, so we'll start the class and they're still like, you know, like putting their mouthpiece on. It's just like, what are you doing? So that's been an issue as well, too. And then uh, the final thing says that if you are held back by a teacher or the office, you need a note to excuse your tardy. And this has been something that we have not done a great job of this year because a common complaint was when these kids are walking in five minutes late is we're like, where were you? Oh, so-and-so held us back in math or whatever. And so one thing that we're going to need to do is we're going to need to send them back uh, to grab a note to excuse that tardy. And we actually kind of had a funny stories with that. You want to share that? Yeah. Um, finally, you know, I was so fed up with these three eighth graders who were always late. And um, there's other eighth graders who were not late. So I knew it wasn't the teacher holding the whole class back. And so we sent them back. I said, I need a note. If that's why you're late is from the teacher, then, then give me a note that says that. They come back in with their heads down and hand us a note. And it says, unexcused. <laughs> so, mark them tardy. And I was like, all right, that, I will mark them tardy. That was the best that day. It's like, all right, finally, I feel justified in, in always marking these students tardy because they actually are. Right. So if this clearly defined tardy policy, if this doesn't work and they just, you know, they want to take the tardy, then what's going to happen is that three tardies are going to result in a demerit. And like we said earlier, you get to those five, you're done. So if they're habitually tardy, well, they're going to be out of here. So the next issue uh, we have to deal with is the mistreatment of instruments. You know, it's just frustrating to see sometimes students not taking care of these very expensive instruments that they're school instruments that uh, most of our students use. Uh, of course, you know, if it's their own instrument, then, you know, it's sad to see that. But usually if they have their own instrument, they actually take care of it. These are school owned instruments and we have a very small budget to replace or repair those instruments. So I definitely take it personally when they are not treating them right. 
Yeah, like, and I know that uh, um, a lot of our audience right now are going to be music teachers. And uh, for me, like, I just remember sitting there in sixth grade with my saxophone, like, across my lap. And I remember just, like, being horrified of the thought of it ever dropping. Like, I just thought that that'd be so terrible. And so it's just, it's always interesting to me how when the kids just drop their instrument, it's just like, it's like, it doesn't even phase them at all. And so that's just what bugs me. Well, in in mistreatment, really, there's a lot of ways, actually, we have to now define what mistreatment is, because um, the obvious one, like you just said, is dropping it on the floor. And I think most students actually get that. And we haven't had a lot of students drop it on the floor so much this year, after we've really stressed that one. But it's the other smaller aspects of mistreating your instrument that have really gotten to us this year, um, such as, like, say, they take your flute, and they're, you know, just jamming it on the floor, or their flute and clarinet, and they roll it on their lap. Or maybe leaving your instrument outside in bad weather or overnight. Yeah, so then what we've done is we've given us, uh, we've written down nine things, and hopefully this covers everything about mistreatment of school as material. So the first one, like we said, is dropping an instrument on the floor. Number two is damaging an instrument. Intentionally. Yeah, yeah, like intentionally, or maybe even unintentionally too. Like, uh, like Jessica talked about, like rolling the flute across like the laps. Like, I know they're not trying to damage it intentionally, but it's not. It's not good for the instrument. You're bending the keys and that's going to cost money. Right. Like, or if you're jamming the clarinet together, you know. So third one is uh, standing on the chairs. I've actually seen that, unfortunately, kind of a lot this year. I don't get it. feet on the chairs. And and that was a real big issue with our fourth grade students, just wanting to sit crisscross applesauce. (laughs) I know. And I was just definitely on it this year. So we can't sit Mm -hmm. like that in this classroom. Yeah. We've got those wanger chairs and they're like 85 bucks each. So I don't want those getting damaged because we're only buying those once. All right, so uh, number four is damaging the music stands. Number five is damaging sheet music. Number six is damaging instrument stands. We have little instrument stands on the floor for the kids to put their clarinets and flutes so um, they don't fall over. Number seven is defacing or damaging instrument lockers. Number eight is leaving an instrument outside overnight. And number nine is leaving an instrument outside in bad weather. Those last two have been an issue one of our schools with our fourth and fifth grade students because um, sometimes they just don't want to take their instrument home and and, and a teacher, uh, especially last year, would just let them leave their instrument outside and that teacher was like, oh, it's not my responsibility. I'm not the band teacher. I'm like, come on, like, you're you're like letting these kids keep their instruments outside. So, and so we got pretty upset about that and had to really kind of nail down some people with that because, because it seems obvious, but we've seen it. Or uh, I know at uh, some of our schools where we have uh, orchestra, a lot of teachers don't understand that you have to keep the instruments inside. It's not good for them to be out in the sun and they get left outside. And if a student never brings it home then and it rains, then it gets rained on. And now we have a moldy violin. Yeah. Um, I know a few years ago, uh, one of the kids left his instrument in the school garden. Like, I don't know. Why was he bringing his violin to the school <laughs> garden? Was, yeah. But they found it there after the weekend. And, you know, I mean, this thing, I turned into like a biology project. You opened it up and it was just, yeah, it was mold. It was moldy. I had to put gloves on and that just went straight to the dumpster. And, you know, like kid was out of music after that, obviously. But it's just, it's gross. And we've had another colleague that's had a few moldy violins. Yeah, it's it's just not good. So if they do one of those nine items, they get a demerit. And the instrument is immediately packed up. And that should hopefully handle that. And we'll go over this every day with the students that they have to treat their stuff correctly. Exactly. Our next issue is dealing with after school events. So we are communicating all after school events on the first day of school. So students can write this in their planners and their calendars, communicate this with their parents ahead of time. 
If students do not provide communications for an absence at an after-school event, they will be removed from the class. And my big thing I always tell the students is that you have to learn the adult skill of communication and you have to learn the adult skill of communicating bad news. And I'm always okay as long as, I mean, if if they actually have a good reason why they can't or go really to something. any reason, as long as they get, they tell us ahead of time or send yeah. us an email saying, hey, I have a dentist appointment. I can't make the practice after school today. That's all we want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's our goal is we just need them to communicate what's happening. And if they communicate it, then we're good. You know, if we have to dig and be like, why weren't you at the practice? Why weren't you at the concert? Then like that's obviously when we're going to be having the problems. And, and and for the most part, I'd say like 99% of our kids did a good job of communicating any issues or their parents did a good job. But there's just a few of them that just, you know, after time and time again, phone call, parent phone call, parent phone call after phone call. They just don't seem to get that they have to communicate like why they're not at events. Or I had a student who didn't come to an after school practice and he said, well, I know all my parts, but he's a percussionist. And I said, well, we need you, though, because uh, we combine our bands and there are students who have never heard what your part sounds like. So it's actually really important that you're there. Yeah. And and I think he got it after that. Mm-hmm. So. The final issue is how we're going to deal with making sure the kids are keeping up with the class. And what I mean by keeping up the class is making sure that their ability is um, on par with everybody else. So we have a system called pass-offs. And pass-offs are basically they're a short in-class playing test. And the thing about the pass-offs is that for us, the kids just can't just choose to fail the pass-offs. If they don't pass the pass-offs, then eventually what's going to happen is that they're going to be removed from the class. So what's going to happen is that if they fail a pass-off, they're going to get a parent letter home. And this is going to be already a pre-copied letter. And they're going to have to get that letter signed. And each unmade-up pass-off becomes a demerit until the pass-off is practiced and completed. So if we're on the third pass-off of the year, if the students pass the first two, and they don't pass the third one, they get they get a demerit. And if they make it up two days later, the, the demerit is uh, taken away and they're good to go. If they don't ever bother to make it up or they can't make it up because they're not practicing and they just don't have the skills because they're not paying attention or putting forth the effort in class, then that demerit is just going to stay until they get to the five and they get it taken out of band. Yeah, so hopefully all these rules and policies we've really thought through have, you know, fixed all these problems we've had and there are no more loopholes for students to find throughout the year. And, you know, I just hope that these will put in place a more successful school year. Yeah, like, and I know that we've talked a lot about taking kids out of band and I know there's a big debate about that. And... I was actually talking to a different elective teacher about this and she teaches like a half marathon class. So she takes the kids on long runs after school and takes them to like, to like half marathon events, you know, and so just kind of some similar field trip stuff to band. And, you know, like she's saying that she's, um, she's trusting these kids to be able to take care of themselves when they're in public. And if they can't take care of themselves when they're in public, then they can't be in the class. And I was like, you know, that's a really good point. Well, because it's a safety risk. Yeah, Yes, exactly. It's a safety risk. You can't have any sort of behavior issues. And with her, she also, like, I hate to say this, she can't have any slow runners because, like, if her runners on this half marathon class are, like, going a certain speed, then she can't be with somebody that's just going to walk the half marathon. 
and there has to be certain certain abilities that those students have to demonstrate. And it's the same thing for us. I mean, like we take these kids to Knott's Berry Farm, we take them to Disneyland. And those are big theme parks where if they're not behaved, they're going to get into trouble. And we have to ensure that they're going to be safe and that our jobs are going to be safe as well. So this handbook, it's our hope that instead of trying to kick everybody out of band, because that's certainly not the goal, is to clearly define the expectations, clearly define the consequences. And now once it's clearly defined, the students then make a choice of whether they're going to participate in the class. And if you're going to participate in the class, you're going to participate fully to exactly what you what we want them to do. Or they're going to choose to not participate and they're either just going to, number one, quit on their own or they're going to get removed fairly early on the school year because of one of the reasons we listed earlier in this episode. And it's important that all these rules are laid out because when a parent says, why was my student kicked out of band? We can look back at this handbook and say, well, on this page, it says X, Y, Z. Your student signed this. They you were, signed this. And you signed this. And it's, you know, understood that they were supposed to meet these expectations and they failed to do that. So that is why they were removed from the class. Yeah. So we're going to see how this goes and we're going to give it a test run next August once we're back in school. And uh, we'll make sure to keep everybody updated about how this is going. If you want a copy of anything we've said in this podcast, feel free to join our Facebook group and write to us there or send us an email and keep this conversation going. Because like we said, this is there's a lot of topics in here that are very debatable. And we want to know what your thoughts on all these topics are. Is there something that you do similar? Did you disagree with every word that we said? Uh, we, we, yes, we want to hear from you. So shout out to our producer, Tammy, for putting this whole thing together. Like Jessica said, join our Facebook group and keep inspiring and have an awesome summer and good luck planning for your school year coming up. And that's it for this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show, leave us a review, share it with a friend, connect with us on Instagram, and check out the show notes. And while you're at it, check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store at www.teacherspayteachers.com slash store slash classroom hyphen composers and our website at classroomcomposers.com. Until next time, keep inspiring. Keep inspiring.